The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals being interviewed and do not necessarily represent those of the Greater Winter Haven Chamber of Commerce. You're listening to It's Happening in the Haven. I'm your host, Brianna Price. Each episode, I get the privilege to speak to the amazing people taking Winter Haven and its surrounding Central Florida area to the next level. We're future-focused, celebrating our entrepreneurial history and leveraging it for our bright future ahead. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of our sponsors who believe in advancing commerce and community here in Winter Haven. Hey, Winter Haven, it's Anna here. For the next several weeks, you'll be hearing me doing the interviews instead of our lovely host, Bree, while she's out on maternity leave. We'd like to welcome and thank Advent Health for sponsoring season seven of our podcast. Hi, my name is Dr. Paul Williams. I'm a physician with Advent Health. I treat patients with a variety of breast disorders and offer screening services for those without breast problems. At Advent Health Medical Group Mammography at Davenport, patient care is our top priority. That's why our office now offers a new mammography experience using 3D Genius Mammography Exam and the Brevera Breast Biopsy System. They offer earlier detection and a faster, less invasive process to complete mammograms and breast biopsies. For more information or to schedule an appointment, please call 863-421-7276. Hello, hello everyone. Today we are joined by Teresa Warner, director of IMAG Academy at Lake Region High School. We talk about her experience getting started with teaching, founding the IMAG program, and even her involvement with the National Urea Cycle Disorders Foundation. Stick around. Welcome, Teresa. I'm so happy to have you today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, good. I'm excited to talk to you because... A, you're just wonderful, but then we also share an office with your husband, Steve, and he's also wonderful. So I'm excited to to kind of talk to you as his better half, his other half. Better half. Better half. I love that. That's why I'm I started sure, with that one. I'm sure he'll love that too. <laughs> I'm sure he will. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, before we get started, I kind of just wanted to chat with you. And can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship to Winter Haven? Sure. I grew up in Arbondale, um, went to Arbondale High School. Okay. Along with everyone on both sides of my family. So wow. Generations of Arbordellians, I guess we would call <laughs> us. Um, Arbordell is one of those places where everyone knows your name. Yes. Everybody knows what you did. Mm-hmm. And you're you're somehow connected to just about everyone. Mm-hmm. So Arbordell High School, and then I went to Florida Southern College in Lakeland. Okay. And now you worked at Florida Southern, right? I did. Okay. did. And I just found out that you also know one of our good family friends, Sarah Roberts. Sarah Roberts. McCarley. Awesome. Sarah yes. Roberts McCarley. See, for me, it's Sarah Russ. Yes. Yes. Yep. Roberts. So, <laughs> yes. So she was an Alpha Chi okay. sorority and I was a Kappa Delta. How funny. And we have a mutual friend. That's awesome. And she's fantastic. She is. She is. So I graduated with um, a degree in business administration. Okay. And computer science. Wow. I didn't know that. Yes. Computer science was something I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And they you could do math classes that were programming. Okay. So you didn't have to take more calculus. Intre- that's smart. Ulterior motive. <laughs> that's really smart. I took calculus one 
And when I figured out I didn't need it anymore, I never took it again. <laughs> you know, math was one of those things. This is ironic, but math was one of those things that you had to take, but I yeah. never truly loved it. Mm-hmm. But programming language, I enjoyed because it made it made sense to me. So did this get passed down to your son? Because he's into computer software. I don't know if I gave it to him, but he does definitely have the 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 mind for the bug it. yeah yes he yeah. was he was taking apart things when he was really young trying to figure out interesting how they worked okay um I don't do much of that anymore because he can so <laughs> here Carson fixes for us but I do understand the back end yeah but computer science has changed so much oh for sure in thirty years yeah so it's been a long time yeah oh it all goes over my head now <laughs> yeah I mean I I understand like one of every ten things that are said about computer science <laughs> so. I know he does, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> he can just explain. It's like that office quote. Can you explain this to me like I'm five? <laughs> when it comes to, com- well, computers, I get. Yeah. But, but how and why they do certain things, I don't it, know. Yeah. I, yeah. Can't, I can't even get certain things at the house to like connect, <laughs> connect or pair or share. or. And now AI, it's just like too much. <laughs> well, maybe we can just ask AI to do it for us. Oh, that's a good point. That's I'm not so point. sure about this AI stuff, though. Really? No. Yeah. It is interesting. Especially as a teacher. Yeah. Oh, that's true. How how has that been? It, I have not encountered it yet. Okay. But I know it's coming. Yeah. So um, Photoshop is a program that I teach. Mm-hmm. And Photoshop is introducing a whole AI plugin. Oh. Where you can take an image and say, AI, change it and tell it what you want it to do. And it'll do it. Wow. Which would make the teaching of Photoshop irrelevant yeah could so that'll be interesting that will be super interesting yeah I'm sure that the school district will not pay for that plug-in <laughs> hopefully so. oh man I didn't didn't even think about that because that would I mean anyone could be a expert in photoshop Anybody if they can, can use that in anything yeah with AI that's so interesting I never thought about it that way mm-hmm. yeah huh um, well, we'll have to bring you back for like a part two later. <laughs> we'll have to bring Carson with me. Yes. So he can help me out. I'm sure he has lots of opinions on oh, it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so after I graduated from Florida Southern, mm-hmm. I accepted a job in sales with Mutual Wholesale. Okay. Which was in Lakeland. It was a food distributor. Oh, okay. And I was fortunate enough that my territory was the greater Winter Haven area. So awesome. all of my customers and clients were in this this greater area mm-hmm. and got married to Steve in 1994. Wow. And, and moved to Winter Haven. That's awesome. From, That's Ar- awesome. from Arvindale, which so, is not, which is what, five so miles? So far, so far, yeah. the whole five mile trek. <laughs> but it's interesting. They are different communities. <laughs> they really are. Very different. It's true. I mean, each one of our communities in Polk County is so, so different. I mean, Lakeland's different than Bartow and different than Winter Haven and Winter Haven's different than Haines City and Davenport. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their own like specific culture, which I think is really interesting. Well, I was so into the Arbondale community mm-hmm. that Winter Haven was it was different. Yeah, so it was a change for me. Where Steve was in both communities because yeah. he lived in Winter Haven and went to school in Arbondale. Okay, so he was more Winter Haven than yeah. I was. So it was a it was a little bit of a change for me. What was that adjustment like? Did it take you a long time to make that adjustment? We still did a lot of shopping and visiting in Arbondale. It okay. Took, it took us a while to kind of migrate Interesting. over to this area. But we lived off of Havendale. Okay. And, um, so it's kind Lake, of right in Lake the middle. Cannon, so yeah. we could choose to go either way. Mm-hmm. So now we live deep in Winter Haven. Okay. So going to Arbondale is to see my parents and my family. Yeah. So 
That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you guys in Winter Haven. Yes, we're, we will never leave Winter Haven. Well, good. Yeah. That makes me happy. You know, we tried a, a few times. Mm-hmm. A few times there were job opportunities for Steve. And the thought of leaving, it was we couldn't leave our family. Yeah. We're both family oriented. Yeah. The thought of leaving my parents and my cousins and aunts mm-hmm. and uncles, no way. And then yeah. the older we got, that's even it's even harder. It's, yeah, for sure. For sure. We'd have to pick up our whole extended family and move with them. <laughs> I know. My my parents were going back and forth from Georgia, but they were thinking about moving up there, you know, kind of permanently once they retired. And I was like, well, I guess I got to go with you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We, we thought about for retiring, maybe going to the beach, mm-hmm. but always keeping a house here. Yeah. Not that we would have two houses, but making sure well, that we yeah, have a place to stay. Base. Yeah. And we've talked about... Uh, one day selling our house and both of our kids are like, no, that's where we grew up. That's our, that's oh. our home. And, and that's the same with me. I grew the house I, my parents live in now is the house I grew up in. That's awesome. That's always special when that's the case. Yeah. Cause you know, it doesn't happen for everyone for sure. Yeah. I think it, I think you always wish that you had the experiences of moving around, mm-hmm. but I think those that do wish they didn't. Yes. So you always want what you don't have. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, you're a teacher, mm-hmm. and you've been teaching for a while, correct? I have. How did you get into teaching? So interesting. So whenever I was in high school, I was the I was on the dance team, which was called the Imperialettes at Arbindal High School. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Pretty important name. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, it is Imperial Polk, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim Parker was my band director. No kidding. Yes. We just had Bonnie on. I heard. <laughs> Love Bonnie and Jim. Mm-hmm. And have known Bonnie. I was. We were just talking about. Yeah, this. we I've were. Known Bonnie since I was about fifteen years old. That's wild. And Jim. And Jim. And I am definitely not. I'm. I'm forty years old. <laughs> not now. So <laughs> wait, you're not fifteen anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so whenever I graduate from college, mm-hmm. um, Jim Parker asked me to come and coach the dance team in Arbondale. And my sister was on the dance team at the time. Okay. So I said, yeah, sure. That's that sounds great. So I did. Um, doing that, I knew that I was wanted to be a coach, kind mm-hmm. of long term. Steve was a coach at Weber International University, and so it kind of it fit, made sense. It fit for us. Um, so I did that for about a year, and then in 1995, they were building Lake Region High School, and Steve White was the principal that they chose to be mm-hmm. the, the lead at um, Lake Region, and Jim Parker decided to go to Lake Region. So he asked me to come with them, and at the time I was working at Mutual, knew that that was a job that was going to take way too much of my time, mm-hmm. and I knew that if I was going to Lake Region, I would want to do it full time, mm-hmm. and so I declined, and said no, I would stay at at Arbondale, continue coaching there, mm-hmm. and so because of my job, I got to meet Steve White, okay, and he said, hey, why don't you come and be a teacher at Lake Region, and I said, I'm you know I'm not a teacher, I'm a coach, mm-hmm. and. I love my job. I'm in my dream job. And he said, well, at that time, I said, let me just think about it. Okay. Went back, talked to Steve, and he was like, do you really want to be a teacher? And I thought, no, I just want to, <laughs> I want to coach, and I love my job. But I was telling myself I loved my job. Yeah. Because it was the job I thought I wanted. Yeah. In sales. So then I went back for the next meeting, and he said, I dare you. <laughs> Why don't you choose to change lives every day? And he asked me, he said, When's the last time you changed the life in your job? Wow. And I said, never. And so he put out his hand and said, do it. Come and be a teacher at Lake Region High School. 
And I put out my hand and shook it and said, okay, done. And it was a snap decision. Yeah. And one that I never regret. Yeah. Never look back on. And that's how I started teaching. So the first day of Lake Region High School, which was fall of 95, was Mm -hmm. my first day of teaching. Wow. And ironically enough, take a guess what I've started teaching. Math. (laughs) (laughs) Because I had enough credits. Yeah. And computer science. That's funny. That I qualified to teach math. So I taught algebra for three years. Oh my gosh. Yes. That sounds fun. (laughs) I don't know if it was fun. I treated my classroom like I did my team. Yeah. You know, we're all in here together. We're all going to do it. Yeah. And those students, those first few years were just so eager. Yeah. And I was young and eager too. And it, it worked. Yeah. I studied every night for that one student that would ask that one question. Yeah. And instead of saying, I did, I don't know, I would say, let me get back with you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then I would call my college roommate, which was a math teacher, and pick her brain. And she would help me get ready for the next, the next lesson. This the sounds next day. like a movie. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. But it was exciting. And we were young. And yeah. it was just fun. It was, a, it was a great time. That's awesome. Being a part of Lake Region in those early years was really, I was gonna really, say, really special. You basically like helped establish a school. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like, you still work there, right? Yes. And yeah, there's a there's a very small handful of us that are still there 28 years later. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That takes a lot of like passion and Yeah, so I was really risky yeah. when I left my job at Mutual Wholesale. That mm-hmm. was like a snap risky decision because the pay expense account, company car, yeah. what I thought I really wanted. Mm-hmm. And at the time, beginning teacher pay was $14,000. Wow. So it was a major life decision that I just snap and made. That's and crazy. Yes. But I haven't done that in 28 years. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't made one of those snap decisions, but it was the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And being around Steve uh, White. Um, There's he, a lot of Steves. Yes. There, I, have, I have a whole <laughs> slew of things yes, in my life. Yes, we do too. <laughs> but um, Steve White was a force of nature mm-hmm. and you wanted to be around him and you wanted to be in his presence and yeah. part of the movement that he had. And um, everyone that worked there, there's like this camaraderie with everyone that was there in the beginning. That's it was, amazing. It was a really special time. It sounds like it for sure. I think every school deserves a Steve White. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You need to clone him <laughs> because he, he, he is just so wonderful at what he did. That's amazing. I mean, it sounds very, like I said, like a movie, literally. Yeah, it was great. So I taught math for three years, Mm -hmm. and then um, the agreement when I started is that after three years, I could uh, move to the business department and teach marketing. Okay. So I did. I did Mm -hmm. that. Um, And around 2003, um, I stopped coaching because Lexi and Carson were young and starting school, and Mm -hmm. it was just kind of too much to juggle. Jim Parker had retired. Okay. And so my my guy was gone. Yeah. Um, And so I focused more on marketing Mm -hmm. and family. And then about 2000, I think it's 2006 or 2007, the Florida Department of Education decided that they want to incorporate career academies. Okay. And so they came to myself and Steve, another Steve, (laughs) Steve Chait. He was a teacher that was teaching graphic design at Lake Region. Okay. And he had a school-based enterprise that was super successful. I was teaching marketing and my program was successful and they asked if we wanted to join forces and create an academy. And there was a lot of support, so mm-hmm. about $100,000 to buy equipment and kind of get set up. 
And so we said, let's let's plan it and create IMAG, and that's what we did. That's amazing. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about IMAG and exactly, you know, what IMAG entails? So it's it's a lot to explain. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, so IMAG is a combination of graphic design, marketing, and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. When we started in 2007, we knew that the the industry was telling us that. If you worked in graphic design, you needed to understand business. Mm-hmm. And if you worked in business and marketing, you needed to understand graphic design. For sure. And then if you could put the two things together at the same time, you could have, you know, someone that would be really attractive to companies. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. Um, so IMAG is a four-year program. In the first year, students learn Photoshop and Illustrator. Mm-hmm. And they get certified. So a industry certification. Awesome. In level two, they learn about business and they get certified in entrepreneurship and small business. Level three, they start working in our school-based enterprise. Mm-hmm. So we have small businesses. We have nine. They are screen. I'm gonna try real hard. Screen printing, <laughs> engraving, dye sublimation, um, design, event planning, print shop, vinyl transfer, vinyl sign, and the office. Those are nine small businesses, and the students run those. So when the students are level threes, they're hired into the business. Mm-hmm. And then level fours, they run our business, and they hire and train and do the day-to-day operations of our business. Mm-hmm. And we have customers all over the county. Um, this past year, we did $30,000 in sales. Wow. We're open two days a week. Excuse me. We're open two hours a day, three days a week. Okay. So that's a whole lot of work. Going it on. is. Yeah. For just a short amount of time, for sure. And the students that are running the business thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. Because they get to see an idea turn into uh, on the side of a truck somewhere mm-hmm. or a new logo for a company or banners in the outfit of a baseball mm-hmm. game. So it's it's pretty exciting. Well, I can um, kind of speak to that because... I had the pleasure during um, Leadership Winter Haven, I was in class 41 last year, and we did our education day part of it at Lake Region and got to go through IMAG Academy, and it was insane. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was amazing. The, just the equipment that you guys have in there, um, the students gave us a little tour, and they're all knowledgeable about pretty much everything, um, and you can just tell that they were so excited to be there and just so excited to share about what they do because it's it is really special not a lot of kids get that experience for sure it's controlled chaos when you walk in in the best way in in the best way possible there's a million things going on and Uh I think that that was mine and Steve Chait's personality in the beginning we like we (laughs) like that buzz of activity because it keeps students you know engaged and excited And the students would tell us how they wanted to, how they wanted IMAG to evolve. So a lot of it was the students showing us, hey, what about this? Let's try something new. Mm -hmm. So our vinyl transfer business came about from students saying, hey, why don't we try this? That's awesome. Our dye sublimation business, our event planning group, that was all, it all evolved. That's not what we began with. I think we're good. I think nine is good now. Uh, <laughs> the students have asked for a few. They, they ask every year, can we do like monogramming or embroidering? And I kind of tend to act <laughs> like I didn't hear them because that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother ball of A wax. whole other thing. Yeah. And there's only so much, there's only so much of me to go around. And only so much room in your yes. portion of campus. So we started with one room and then Steve and I just kind of migrated to room number two mm-hmm. and then migrated to room number three. Yeah. 
but it takes that much to do the, all the things that we want to do. For sure. And Steve Chait retired in 2015. Okay. But came back in 2017 and worked as a contractor for like a, an expert. Awesome. And worked three days a week and it was just fabulous. Um, and then it was time for him to really retire. And so since then it's been me. Man. Yeah. What is that like just to, to, to be the only one now? Um, kind of managing these students. It's, you know, the students are wonderful yeah. and, and they, um, they help in every way possible. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a lot. It, it is a it, lot. It, it's a lot. Um, it, requ- it actually deserves and requires two teachers, mm-hmm. but you have to find the right fit. You have to find the person that can survive in that controlled chaos. Yes. Because yes. you're right. I mean, it is well-organized chaos. It but is, but it's a lot. That's it, how I thrive, unfortunately. Well, I, I do too, which not everybody does. No, not and, at all. And, you know, and and not all teachers that have come through would say, oh, this is what I would want to do every day. Yeah. It takes a special kind of person that For would sure. want to do that. But I'm on the two-year plan to retirement, so that's a that's Ooh. a really important question that's going to come up. Oh, for sure. Soon. Are you excited though? I am. I am. I'm hoping that there is a former IMAG student out there that is looking for quality of life and to yeah have summers off and really make a difference. That's well, what I'm hoping. You heard it. If you guys know an IMAG Academy graduate, I've got a few in my mind, <laughs> and they know who they are. So that's amazing. Yeah. Well, gosh, retirement is so exciting for sure. Well, it's retirement from the, the school, cl- the yes, classroom, the classroom. I've, I promised myself that thirty years was was good. Yeah, thirty years is you know being in the. I mean, I drive into the same parking spot <laughs> and walk into the same room. We joke because we all have our own parking spots oh, yeah. here, um, and we love the Rotary Club. But you, we literally cannot leave on Thursdays during the lunchtime or else we'll lose our parking spot. Well, it's it's crazy at a school that, you know, the yeah. territorialness of your parking spot. It's true. If somebody, you know, has the audacity to, to mm-hmm. you know, for, to just park in your spot and you have to move one over, it's nothing, but it's everything. It's like in college where you don't know any of those people, but you all go to the same seat. Yes. And that one day, this one random person is in your seat and it is. Just throws off the rest of the class. Well, my students, when someone's from like, like maybe a class right before them is yeah. finishing up a project and they're sitting in their seat, mm-hmm. they get really appalled by it. Really? It's fine. Just <laughs> just sit there for a minute. But this is not my computer. I know, but you'll be fine. But it's going to be fine. But I have mine all set up. I know it'll be just fine. We're such creatures of, of habit. <laughs> I guess there's good and bad to that. For sure. For sure. But it's funny you say that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any plans for after you step away from the the classroom? I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm I think I'm excited about the unknown. Yeah. Because everything has, you know, the last 28 years have been I knew I knew what was coming next. Mm-hmm. Although there have been twists and turns and challenges, but I I really kind of knew what was coming. I kind of like the idea of not knowing. Yeah. Both kids are out of college and they're starting their careers yeah. and so maybe something yeah. new and exciting and different. That's awesome. I don't know. I don't know what it'll be. Well, new, exciting, and different. You do have a new dog. I do. I do. I have an 11 week old Labradoodle. She's Her name beautiful. is Millie. And she was going to join us, but she's a little crazy today because she's so excited to yes. be here. Unfortunately, she just keeps um, barking at our producer, <laughs> Joe. She's, she's not sure what to think she's about. She's just Joe. not sure. We like Joe, but. Yeah. She's not sure yet. She knows that Joe has dogs. Yes, it's and she true. She wants to play. Big dogs, too. Yes. 
Maybe she's a little intimidated. She's like, Joe, where are your dogs at? <laughs> and she's playing hard to get. <laughs> That's true. She is so cute, though. Yes. So we, Steve has brought her by a few times at the office, and we're all obsessed with her. <laughs> I can always tell because when I come home, she is just completely worn out. Well, good. I'm glad we could help out. <laughs> and it's the summer of Millie, so. It is a summer of Millie. It's the summer of Millie. Um, we knew that she was the perfect one for us because she was ready to join our family right as summer was starting. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. It does help out for sure because training is no joke. It's like a toddler. Yes. She's In the best way. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on like day three of being home with her. It's, it's, I mean, but she's just, she's just perfect. She's, I mean, I don't know where she's been all of her life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's here now. She is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in terms of, um, I kind of want to go back to iMag Academy. We got distracted, which happens to me a lot happens during these. <laughs> this is why we're best friends. <laughs> um, why do you think that the program, the iMag program has been so successful? I think um, if you put students in a situation where they have ownership mm -hmm. and they know that they're a part of something kind of bigger than themselves. Yeah. I think that that's like a perfect recipe for success. Mm -hmm. And the students are truly have the ability to make decisions and they can say when they want to accept a customer or not. Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's a powerful yeah. thing. And sometimes we have customers that their job is maybe something that we don't feel comfortable with. And mm -hmm. the students will say, you know, we don't feel good about that. So maybe we should should pass on this mm -hmm. rather than me saying, no, we're going to do it. Yeah. They truly feel like they have a voice. Yeah. And it's a, it's a team. Mm -hmm. And so I will say to them, hey, we've got this big project coming up. You know, let's all get this done together. And we all work together. I think that's where my coaching comes in. Yeah. We're all a team and we're all going to work together and move the ball, you know, get the, the ball up the mountain. And sometimes it takes all of us. And I, I think also that the students in IMAG truly enjoy working with each other. That's nice. Usually these are students that wouldn't be friends outside but they find this, this niche mm -hmm. and they find this community. Um, you know, we just graduated um, the senior class and they're all really good friends. That's awesome. And they weren't when they came in, but they are now. And I think that those are, those are things that you don't have in a regular classroom. No. So I think that's the recipe. It's true. I mean, just from my experience at Harrison, that was kind of the same thing. I mean, they gave us a lot of trust and a lot of autonomy to just do things on our own, make mistakes, try things out. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if it does, that's great. Yeah. So I think you're right. Like having that autonomy and having that power to decide your, for yourself, it's really huge for, for especially for teenagers. Mm -hmm. You have to learn responsibility really fast. <laughs> well, and their success is their success. Exactly. It's not mine. Mm -hmm. It truly is theirs because it's you know, I'm involved, but not in a way that I'm doing the job or yeah. I'm, I'm making sure that it's okay and mm -hmm. it gets done on time, but it is really their success. And mm -hmm. I, and I think that's, you can't, you can't get that anywhere else. Yeah. And, and I hope that we're preparing them to be great employees. Yeah. Follow through, stick to itness, um, you know, taking ownership, um, admitting when you do something wrong, fixing the problems. That's a big one. And we, we have, I mean, if there's going to be a mistake, we can do it really well. Mm -hmm. But I think that's when you learn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, for sure. We have a wall of mistakes to remind us. <laughs> and I think that's important, too, because not everything turns to gold when you touch it. Oh, that is absolutely true. <laughs> and if you can mess up 
in a atmosphere where you're protected mm-hmm. and it's not going to be the end of the world, then when you get into your career, you'll know how to not mess up that way. Exactly. And if you do, you'll take ownership of it. Exactly. And probably save your job. Probably. For sure. And also kind of learn how to, to handle that, I guess, internally for yes. yourself. Yeah. Um, because not all employers are as supportive as, you know, the high school experience can be. Um, so even if they, you know, come down harshly on you, you kind of know how to kind of talk to yourself internally and talk yourself down, if that makes sense. Well, the students will say the worst thing is to come and tell Miss Warner that you've messed up. Yeah. But I always try to tell them, oh, honey, I've done that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I've done every mistake in here. Yeah. So don't think you're the first one to do That's why it. why I'm the teacher. That's right. I mean, I mess up. I, I do it. I yeah. had to learn just like all of you did. Mm-hmm. And when we create a new business, we struggle and we make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and IMAG, our number one is spell check. Yeah. I mean, we have something that's beautiful and it looks perfect <laughs> until the one student goes, did, did we spell check that? So we have spell check, you know, that's signs amazing. all over the building. But the, the students love it in the real world when they see in the spelling. Mm-hmm. It's like the highlight because I'm like, see, people make mistakes, but the person that made that mistake got fired. Yeah. You just had to do it again. Yeah, exactly. And it gets put up on the wall. That's of what funny. not to do. That's awesome. That's a very healthy, I think kind of way to go about it for sure. Well, what has been your favorite kind of memories from IMAG? It's been 16 years, so I have a ton of them. That's awesome. But um, I, I, the highlight of my year is taking students to New York. We go in December every year yes. for five days. Mm-hmm. And having the students see New York and it's watching amazing. them through their eyes it's, I mean, I get asked a lot, now, why would you take them there? Why go through that? It's because I want them to see that there is, it's unlimited possibilities for mm-hmm. you. You can go and do whatever you want as long as you stick your mind to it. We do fashion marketing. We do sports marketing. We go to Broadway. Ugh. Just kind of explore the city. We stay up really late and go to, you know get up really early and it's just fantastic. And I love New York. I do too. And it this past year was my 18th year going. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And I've taken uh, about 50 students a year. Okay. And sometimes I take students multiple years. Like they started as their sophomore year and they continue going. That's awesome. I have a family. They'll, they'll know who they are that had three students that were in IMAG. Wow. One would graduate, the next one would come. Mm-hmm. And the parents went every year. So I think it was eight years total. Wow. One family, the best chaperones in the world. Well, do you need extra chaperones? Because I will happily Always. volunteer. Always. <laughs> I love New York. I, uh, yes. The more chaperones, the better because yeah. the students want to do different things. And I always, I don't, we don't put them all in a group and say, we're all going here. Yeah. It's whatever you want to do because we want to make it your trip it, for sure it's kind of like their experience in imag it is what you make of it mm-hmm. and if you want to go and do this you can so same thing with the new york trip well i sign up so okay <laughs> hold me to that okay i'll go okay really i will <laughs> i know students as soon as they graduate they're like can i go next year right you have to be 21 <sighs> well i'm i'm past you're, 21 you're, you're so we're good so you can go <laughs> that's funny um Yes, taking trips like that, I, I never got to do that. But I know now the musical theater department gets to go to New York. I'm like, dang, I really missed out. And you know, you know, I have to say this. The, the reason I felt comfortable taking students to New York is being in Jim Parker's band yeah. in high school. 
He goes and, all over the place, right? And we went to Hawaii. No, we went to California. Sorry. Wow. We went to California. Um, and then at Lake Region, we went to Germany and Austria. I was going to say, I think when I um, interviewed Bonnie, she said that one of their first trips together as a couple was I maybe that was that trip or maybe it was to France or something like that, um, that it was because of um, the band. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it's crazy. If if Jim Parker can organize hundreds of students across an ocean and in a foreign country, I can get them to New York and back. Yes, you I can. can do it. So <laughs> that was one of those. I can do this. Yeah. I mean, I've been on band trips. Yeah. And it's interesting. The rules for my trips are just like band trips. You know, you have the rules meeting, you yeah. have the what not to do meetings, and it's all based on Jim's rules. That's so funny. Yeah. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Hello, I'm Greg Littleton, President and CEO of Citizens Bank and Trust. As a family-owned community bank, the strong business model developed by our founders has remained solid for over a hundred years to work with customers who live and operate within our market. Our employees work closely with customers to get to know each one by name. We support local organizations that provide important programs and services for the betterment of our community. In addition, our team also gives back to local nonprofits by volunteering thousands of hours each year to a variety of organizations. If you're looking for a bank with people who treat you like family, consider you and your financial needs the number one priority and most of all provide you stability and commitment for the long haul, then I invite you to stop by any of our conveniently located offices or visit us at citizens-bank.com to learn more. At Citizens Bank and Trust, we're proud to be your bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Now, what do you guys do while you're up there? So we see, I, I'm a theater junkie. So okay. I like to go watch the shows. Some students like to go watch a basketball game. Okay. Or go to Yankee Stadium. Um, we go to Madison Square Gardens, Wall Street. Yeah. Um, we usually do something. We have gone into the UN. We haven't been able to go into the UN recently. Um and then we have lots of presentations from fashion marketing. That's exciting. Um, Macy's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I take them on the tours of things I know they would like to see. I love the High Line. Yes. So I take them on the High Line. The High Line's beautiful. And we navigate the subway and we go ice skating in Central Park and mm-hmm. yeah, all of that. Because you guys go in between kind of like the Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and Christmas, Christmas time. So yeah. All oh. the Christmas decorations are up. They light the Christmas tree while we're there. I super want a chaperone now yeah. because I've always wanted to go to New York during that time of year. Yeah. So we don't, we don't, we're not there. We're not in the audience when they're yeah. lighting the Christmas tree. That would be too crazy. I but understand. We, but <laughs> the day after is like perfect. We go see the Rockettes, mm-hmm. which is, it's actually, it's a new show. So it's actually oh, pretty okay. good. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, th- this year, when I looked around and at the end of the show, all the students were awake. And like actively <laughs> interested where in prior years you look around and they're all, it's like, like a nice, cool, dark place and they're all asleep. That's funny. Yeah. Man, this navigating the subway will do wonders for your confidence. Let me tell you. Yes. If you get it. Yes. yes. But I get it. I still get it wrong too. I'll take, I'll have a whole group. This year it was 35 mm-hmm. and we all got on the wrong train. Oh no. Like, At least you were together though. I'm like, okay, I did it. I did it wrong. Let's everybody get off and get on the next one. But yeah, I, I mean. It is a challenge, but once you figure it out, you figure it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Google Maps is great because it'll tell you exactly which one you need to be on. It's wonderful. Yeah. But they're still confusing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I do kind of want to pivot because I know that you basically have a second job outside of your full-time job. 
I don't know if you would consider it a second job, but from what Steve has told us, it seems like it, but in the best way possible because it's something that you're very, very passionate about. Um, so you are very involved in the National Urea Cycle Disorders Foundation. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, we, the acronym is NUCDF, mm -hmm. and it's near and dear to our heart. Um, our daughter was diagnosed when she was 14 months with a urea cycle disorder. Mm -hmm. um, the one she has is called OTC, orthonine transcarmylase deficiency. Wow. Yes. And when she was diagnosed, there was not many people that had it. Mm -hmm. The doctors didn't know really what to do. So we contacted NUCDF, and they provided us the support and the guidance and got us where we needed to be. So I knew early on that if I wanted Lexi to have the best options possible, mm -hmm. I had to get involved. Yeah. So I became a board member and then eventually president. Wow. And it's been 20 years of president of NUCDF. That's amazing. Unfortunately, about a year ago, our executive director, which ran the day-to-day -day operations, passed away, tragically. Oh my gosh. And so I have been, I've been filling in. Yeah. 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 So it's been, it's been a, a steep learning curve this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are close to finding a replacement. Well, that's exciting. Not a re I shouldn't say that, not a replacement. We're close to finding someone to fill that role. Yeah. Not a replacement, definitely not. Um, but the foundation is vitally important to mm -hmm. making sure that families don't have to go through what we did. Yeah. Um, we make sure to advance research, drug development, and then support families. Yeah. Do you mind sharing a little bit of more about what a urea cycle disorder is? Because yes. I had never heard of them. Yes. So in your liver, you have six enzymes. Mm -hmm. And the enzymes are responsible for filtering what you eat. Mm -hmm. So... If you have a urea cycle disorder, one of your enzymes is missing. Mm -hmm. So there are six disorders. So if you're missing the first enzyme, it's one disorder. The second one, it's a different one. Interesting. Yes. And we have to have, our liver has to function to filter what we eat. Mm -hmm. So everything we eat gets filtered through our liver and then it's expelled out of our body. Mm -hmm. If our liver doesn't work, it backs up and it causes ammonia to go into your bloodstream, which is toxic. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> very much so. And then into your brain. Wow. Um, without a diagnosis, um, uh, children and adults um, that aren't diagnosed, um, they'll go into a coma and death follows. Wow. So it's one of those conditions that is hard to, to diagnose, mm -hmm. um, not at birth. It's not that hard at birth to diagnose. Um, but once you get a diagnosis, it's a, it's a long haul. Yeah. Because it's a special diet. It's medicine that mimics the enzyme that you're missing. Okay. And then you have to do, like a diabetic has to check their blood sugar. Yeah. You have to check your ammonia and your amino acid levels. Okay. And you have to do that regularly. But there's not a way to do that other than going to the hospital and getting labs. So it's- Wow. A, yeah. 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 So it's it's very costly to yes. kind of yes. live with as well. Wow. Yes. Um, the medication, one of the medications that we use now- is 1.5 million a year, and it's be, it's a lot of reasons. Um, it's a small pop, you know patient population. Mm -hmm. um, also, it's a you know expensive drug to develop. Yeah, very specialized. Um, we have new treatments that are coming. Okay. Um, that's one of the initiatives of the of the foundation, and um, we do have a cure. Okay, but the cure is a liver transplant. Wow, and Lexi. Um, in 2019, got a liver transplant. So That's she amazing. is cured of urea cycle disorder, mm -hmm. um, but she's a liver transplant recipient, which is, you know, 
it's come a long way in mm-hmm. the past 20 years and liver transplantation or any, any organ transplantation is much more common. Mm-hmm. It, it used to be, um, a, you know, it's still a big surgery, but it used to be, I, mean, I remember hearing about the first transplant years yeah. ago thinking, oh my goodness, but now it's a, it's kind of become a routine yeah. type of procedure. But it still comes with its own challenges afterwards as well. Yes. Nothing like having a urea cycle disorder. Mm-hmm. No, you know, no comparison to that. Um, so we have a lot of families that have chosen to do liver transplant. Okay. It's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not for every family, depending on, you know, just the nuances of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, medical management is where most families are. So okay. we do have new treatments. Um, they're not they're not perfect. Yeah. They don't always work for everyone because everyone has a different variation of the condition so it's not one size fits all Mm -hmm. but i do think that in the next five to seven years we'll have gene therapy that's awesome i really do think it's coming we have trials across the u.s and and actually across the world that are happening right now and it's kind of mixed results Mm -hmm. um there it's it's been it's being tried on adults with um OTC, which is the one that Lexi has, mm-hmm. um, and and the results look okay. Yeah. But when a child is born and they have a urea cycle disorder, it's picked up on newborn screening. Oh, okay. Um, except for except for the one that Lexi has. That's the only one that doesn't get picked up. But it would show that there is something not quite right. Yeah. So there's neonatal onset, which has symptoms as soon as they're born. Mm-hmm. And then there's late onset. So Lexi has late onset. Okay. And so the symptoms didn't show up until later. So wow. like around nine months. From nine to 14 months, we struggled to to find answers. Yeah. And I just wouldn't stop until we found them. Yeah, it was a long, it was a long time between nine months to 14 months. And, and that's not just my story. That's most of the families that, yeah. are, that are late onset. And we have young adults that have never been diagnosed. Wow. That are just now finding out. Um, and tragically, we have young adults that go away to college and are not diagnosed and, and pass away. That's, oh, that's awful. It is. It's tragic. And that's why it's important work. Yeah. And that's why you have to, I have to stay involved. Yeah. yeah. So I know that you mentioned that the NUCDF helps a lot with like research and different things like that. What, like, what exactly does the whole foundation do? Because I imagine it's not just, you know, helping fund research and different things like that. So number one is family support. Okay. So when a when a, a patient is diagnosed, we we help the family with what's going to happen next. Yeah. Um, getting them to the right center. Okay. So finding the right metabolic geneticist is is really important. And wow. And that is not a specialty that you can find just about anywhere. Mm-mm. So we have something called centers of excellence. There are 18 across the world. Okay. Um, and there are 16 in the United States. And so we encourage wow. families to go to one of those centers of excellences. Um, unfortunately, there's not one in the state of Florida. Interesting. So our closest one is Houston, Texas. So we would, Lexi's doctor was actually in Houston, Texas. That's wild. Because that's the, it's the best care. And um, without the specialty here, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. So we, we help the families. Find that care okay. and help them get um, medication approved by their insurance, which mm-hmm. is a whole nother issue. The medical um, insurance puzzle is um, a nightmare, mm-hmm. complete nightmare. And for families, some families that don't have um, advocates to help them out or don't have the insurance that they need, it is, um, it's tragic mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, so helping them day to day, but also we want to make sure that 
there is research being done to find a cure mm-hmm. and find better treatment options. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the medication that we have right now, we help develop. So we did the clinical trials. Lexi was part of that clinical wow. trial. Um, so that's all important. Um, and then we're always looking for, you know, how do we identify, how do we make sure that we get early detection? Mm-hmm. So making sure that we let all the emergency room doctors across the, the country know what it looks like. Because if a young adult comes in, sometimes it will present with um, maybe alcohol poisoning. Interesting. Maybe they've taken some drugs because the way that it manifests is confusion. Um, they're a little disoriented. Their balance is off. Interesting. It's hard to focus their eyes. And that's because the ammonia is in their brain and it's causing <sighs> swelling in their brain. So it gets missed. Yeah. It's missed with... You know, I think we have a drug overdose or I think we have, you know, something with alcohol. That's in young adults. Mm-hmm. In children, um, they come in and they're um, close to coma. Wow. And it sometimes takes mul- it takes multiple tests and, a, you know, a, a group of doctors that are willing to reach out for help. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen. That's so sad. It is. It is. And it, yeah. should, and it shouldn't, you know, we're 25 years into this journey and it shouldn't continue to happen. Yeah, for sure. But we are having more babies that are being diagnosed with newborn screening, which, okay. is, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge, you know, hurdle that we've that we've overcome. We just have to make sure we get OTC as yeah. one of the ones that <laughs> is, is on there. Yeah. Because OTC is the most common. Interesting. Now, what makes it different so that you can't find it in that newborn screening? I, you know, honestly, it's, it's the genetic makeup. So okay. whenever you do the... Um, the heel prick. Mm-hmm. Um, two of the disorders will instantly flag, where in, at the other two, they'll send off for more um, labs. Interesting. But, but OTC just it it won't show up. But it could show that there's more tests that need to be, you know, need to be done. Yeah. But an ammonia level is not something that most doctors would order mm-hmm. on a child. Because that's usually for like cirrhosis of the liver mm-hmm. or liver damage, and they just—it's just not something that they choose to do. Yeah. And then an amino acid panel is—is is something they would definitely not do. Yeah. So they have to—they have to have that in their toolbox that maybe we should run those two yeah. labs. So, education of you know emergency room and you know nurse practitioners um, is probably the the biggest key. For sure. For sure. Now, how do families find you all for support? So normally, so if they if it's newborn screening, if that's how they're diagnosed, then we are the the resource that okay. they're given um, the National Urea Cycle Disorder Foundation, depending on their doctor and where their location is. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're fortunate enough to live with those centers of excellence, I'm gonna say with the only two outside of the U.S., I mean, it's hard that you're probably missing. Yeah, we're missing a ton. Wow, yes. that's a insane yeah um and then you know the good old google search yeah you search the keywords of the condition and we will come up thankfully um we have a great partnership with the medication companies Mm -hmm. and the pharmaceutical companies and they will um they'll point them in our direction so sometimes you know we find them their days of being diagnosed they're started the medication and then we then we get them and then you know as much as i hate it Facebook. Yeah. Facebook, you know, new moms get on and, and ask certain questions and they get pointed in different directions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, social media can be a real challenge yeah. for to make sure you get accurate information. But it's also a great resource for new moms to, for sure. to be able to network and point in the right direction. 
for sure. I mean, social media is a great tool when it's when used it's, correctly when it's used, when it's used <laughs> for <tool>. good. Yes. <laughs> but just in the last two weeks, uh, we have four new patients. Wow. So three babies and one young adult. Wow. And the three babies, um, two were newborn screening. One was two weeks old. Okay. And mom just knew there was something wrong and just was not going to take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm not leaving the hospital until you do something. Yeah. And she got online and she found us. Wow. And so we were able to give her, you know, these are the labs that you need to have run and this is the kind of doctor you need to see. And then one is a young adult. She is um, 28. Wow. Graduated from UCLA and she has diagnosed herself. That's and, amazing. And she reached out and she knew what she was talking about because all the resources are there and she yeah. knows how to research mm-hmm. and she knew how she felt. And she is a very mild mutation. So mm-hmm. she's she was able to to function yeah. without the medication throughout her life and um, limited um, the protein. Because the thing that um, you have, when it comes to the diet management, you have to have low-protein diet. Okay. So a low-protein diet is usually a vegan, mm-hmm. complete vegan diet. And some people choose that lifestyle because they feel better. Yeah. And it turns out they feel better because they could have a mutation of this condition that is mild, and so that's why they feel better. That's so interesting. Yeah. That's probably way more common than we think. You know, there are a lot of people walking around undiagnosed. Yeah. But they would be mild mutations. You would not you would not survive with a severe mutation. Okay. Yeah, that would be impossible. And it is X-linked, so it is more prevalent in girls. Okay. And the boys are much more severe. So for a boy to have this condition would be... Because um, they only have the one X chromosome. They only have the one. And the girls can switch. Yeah. So is it, um, so if it's X, that's okay. Yeah. So it goes through genetics. Yeah, it is all genetic. And interesting. Very interesting is that it is normally um, passed through the mother. Okay. Uh, the mother is the carrier and families and generations have this condition. I do not. Interesting. And so Lexi is a spontaneous new mutation. So it began with her. Wow, and we have a we have a handful um, across the world that are new mutations, which we don't know enough about that yeah. yet. And what what was the environmental effect that caused that? But Lexi's mutation has been located in one other person in the world, so she's forty two. Wow, and has the exact genetic code. I think I think DNA. And CRISPR is like the most fast. I mean, AI is fascinating. Yes. But DNA and CRISPR is just, I mean, where we're going to be able to go is to be able to help yes. eliminate these conditions. It's going, and with gene therapy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, in my lifetime, we'll have none of these. They'll That's all be gone. We'll, yeah. We'll be able to get rid of them all. That'd be amazing. It would. Yeah. I, it's going to happen. So when families come to you, like, what does that process look like? How do, how do you talk them through that? How do you help them in that respect? It's, um, you know, it depends on the family. Mm-hmm. And it depends on um, what they can take. Okay. So it's a slow process. Yeah. It's a very slow process. And these families become our families because mm-hmm. we, you know, depending on if it's a, a newborn girl, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm the point person. If it's a newborn boy, mm-hmm. we have a, another board member that she's the point person. Okay. If it's um, challenges with insurance, mm-hmm. then we have we have some support there. Um, but we really kind of walk them through 
step by step. There's a, a baby in Brazil right now. She is one. Wow. And when right after she was diagnosed, um, the family reached out and I would say hundreds of phone calls and text messages and Zoom calls and she's doing wonderful. That's she's awesome. She's doing really, really great. But the family found us and we just they have an aunt that lives in North Carolina okay. that translates and um, she is on the transplant list. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's a it is it's it's a it's a lot of time and energy. Mm-hmm. But that time and energy was poured into us. Mm-hmm. So you a- have to pass it absolutely, on. And absolutely. If some if if Cindy Lamonts, which was our executive director, had not answered the phone when I called, mm-hmm. where would we be? Absolutely. So that's why when when the calls come, everything stops. So yeah. it is hard to, you know, have a full time job, and you know, so it's two, yeah. it's two different hats. Yeah. So, my students this year, they knew I was wearing two hats. So mm-hmm. at 2.30, I would take the one hat off and put the other one on. And um, they were wonderful about it. They, I traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. And they would say, is this, is this your foundation work? Because they knew how important it was to me. Yeah. Well, I was actually just about to ask you about how like, you managed, juggled all of that. Some of the plates fall, but I try to keep them all. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But, you know, it's important work. Yeah. And, um, and my family... Um, I have I have the best family in the world, you know, with mm-hmm. Steve and Lexi and Carson and my mother and my sister and this great support network that come in and help wherever they mm-hmm. can help. So when they see the balls dropping, they they snatch them and pick them up. That's amazing. And help me out. You have support for all the support that you yes. provide to other people. And a, a great friendship support where it's just too much. Yeah. They'll, they'll take me and say, okay, let's talk it out. And That's awesome. Help you get back back in line to help out. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, you said that you were um, in the process of hiring a new executive director. Will you still be on board? Yes. So I will be, um, I'm the president of the board. I will be the chairman of the board once once we have an executive director. Okay. I'm looking forward to the day where I'm not daily, you know, involved in the day-to-day management, but Mm -hmm. I will always be involved. I will always be involved. Absolutely. That's awesome. Until we have a cure, because that's the goal. Mm -hmm. Now, what are some ways that... um, we who might not know about it or, you know, aren't, you know, dealing with that in our own lives, how, how can we best support the NUCDF? I think number one, if you know someone that is going to have a new baby, mm-hmm. encourage them to get newborn screening okay, and to follow up on the results. That's, that, mm-hmm. that helps everyone. There's hundreds of conditions that can be picked up on newborn screening. And the earlier, you know, the, the better chance, mm-hmm. um, because there are so many rare conditions out there that have support foundations just like ours mm-hmm. that do important work. And um, so that that used to be my um, my baby shower gift was newborn screening. It's not very, it's, you know, they were like, what? But it was it's so, practical. It's so important. Yeah. Um, I've never given it to anyone that ever, it ever got a positive result. But you never know. Exactly. But it is mandated in the country now for newborn and screening. Okay. Um, but it's just following up on the actual results. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I would say if um, a new mom feels like there's something not quite right, mm-hmm. they have to go with their gut. Yeah. And keep pushing and keep pushing. And if you know of a, a mom or a family that says something's not right, mm-hmm. help them. Help them find the support. Help, you know, give them to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have our website, which is nucdf.org, and we have lots of important initiatives, and we can always use support, mm-hmm. always, because it's an expense, you know, 
anything that's medical based is outrageously expensive. It's true. And you know, we have we do have a family um, in Florida that cannot they can't afford the medication. Mm-hmm. But we do have a lovely donor. Then anytime that happens, all we have to do is give the name and the the address and the medication arrives. That's amazing. Yes. So we have angels everywhere that, you know, they've been affected by the condition and they want to do like us, make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, anyone that needs help can, can get the help that they need. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's always like restores the faith in humanity that, that people are willing to do that. And, you know, it's interesting, even the families that don't have mm-hmm. the resources to give still give. Yeah. You know, it's because They've been through it. They, they know exactly they know. what it feels like. Yeah. And sometimes it's just an ear, you know, you know, families, just moms or dads just need it, an ear to mm-hmm. kind of walk through mm-hmm. um, the journey with. Is there anything else that you would like our listeners to know about the foundation or the work that you do with the foundation? Um, you can visit NUCDF.org. It tells you all about it. So if you're interested, if you're in the medical community mm-hmm. and you would like to help with, you know, getting the word out. Um, I have a, f- a few former students that are now doctors. Wow. And they know all about it because yeah. they were around in those days when Lexi was younger. And mm-hmm. they, so um, I know that they are constantly getting the word out. I have a, I can think of a student that is a travel nurse. Amazing. And, and it's always in her back pocket. So I know, I know she's always thinking about it. So mm-hmm. if you're in the medical community, go to the website, take a look, because you never know when you'll get one of those patients. And if they, are acting quite not right, mm-hmm. then just get an ammonia level. It'll tell you. It's that easy. That easy. It's that easy. <laughs> and you could save someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you don't if you're not in the medical community but you know someone that is, you can tell them too. Spread the word. That's right. Awareness. Well I hope this podcast helps with that for sure. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. I hope so. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank well, you for allowing me to share it. Well I, I appreciate because I um yeah, Steve has told us all the story about you getting involved and everything with Lexi. And um, I mean, it is really, it's just amazing that you followed your mother's intuition and knew something was wrong. And it was, yeah, mm-hmm. for yeah. sure. Well, and you know, it's kind of a challenge being from a small community because mm-hmm. everyone does know you. And yes. And we wanted, you know, in the early days, I think a lot of people knew about Lexi and our journey, but mm-hmm. as she got older, we wanted it to be her story mm-hmm. and we wanted her to have the ability to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So we were real quiet mm-hmm. because it, you know, I was still busy on the back end, but in our community, I wasn't because yeah. I didn't want her to be the girl that had this condition. Yeah. And as she got older, um, it, she had ownership of it and she was able to tell her story the way she wanted to. Mm-hmm. And she finally told her story in a newspaper article on the day of her graduation. That's amazing. And so even people that went to school with her, you know, really had no, yeah. they knew something, but they weren't quite sure. Yeah. Um, and now she's, she's found her voice. And so now we can have our voice too. That's amazing. Because we just wanted to protect her because in the end we wanted to. Well, that always I, protect her. Exactly. And I mean, that's a good point because sometimes you can accidentally project, you yes. know, different feelings and thoughts and you don't want to do that to your child. Yeah. No, no, it has to be, it has to be in her time mm-hmm. on her time. Exactly. And it has to be her story. Exactly. But post transplant, she sees herself as an advocate. She sees that's herself amazing. as someone that can help the community and support the community. So she's found her voice. Yeah. 
Well, we see Lexi all the time. Yeah. Um, she comes by the office quite often. Not quite often. She comes by, though. Yeah. Um, and we actually played uh, bowling with her yeah. and Steve in the Rotary Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. And it, it's so, like, wonderful to, now that I know, like, to see how, you know, she's thriving. and Living our best life. Exactly. Yeah. And, and healthy yep. and happy, which and is what you hope for all of your children. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's what parents want. Exactly. Happy, healthy, well-adjusted children. And you wouldn't have known. I would not have known unless... You yeah. guys didn't tell us about it, so. Well, we're fiercely protective. Yeah. And I think I think most families that have a unique medical condition in their home, mm-hmm. they are fiercely protective. Oh, for sure. I mean, like mama bear. Yeah. Protective. <laughs> which I am. Well, she's lucky. A, which I am to a fault. Yes. Because ah. <laughs> I'm sure if she's listening to this, she's like, oh, geez. Mom. <laughs> so. That's how all kids are with their parents. We just won't tell her about exactly. the until no. she's much older. Exactly. Than, than later she on. doesn't need to know. Yeah. Or you can listen to it until you start talking about it. And you're like, oh, yeah. no, that's it. That was it. That could go to We're commercial. Done. Uh, well, thank you so much for thank coming you. on and, and sharing about all of your stories with IMAG and with the NUCDF. Um, I know you were nervous about coming on yes. the podcast, but you are like one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. So it's, it's hard to talk about something that you love so much. Mm-hmm. And NUCDF is difficult. Yeah. But well, I, you also I lived through it. And yeah. I'm sure that was a very hard experience yeah. as you were kind of going through it. So I totally understand that. But if this story... If anyone listening, if it helps them, then mm-hmm. it, then it's worth the the apprehension. Well, good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you came and joined us today. Thank you so much. And uh, I encourage you all to look up the NUCDF and and see how you can help. Yes, definitely. Thank awesome. you. Well, thank you, Teresa. The Low Payment Kings of the Mahalik Auto Group are very proud and excited to be sponsoring another season of the Winter Haven Chamber Podcast. Hi, it's Ralph Mahalik Jr., the Low Payment King. I just want to remind everybody that uh, the Low Payment Kings are four stores here in Polk County, Alfa Romeo Fiat of Winter Haven, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Winter Haven, Lake Wales Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, and Poser Park Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat. And we look forward to serving you and saving you more here in 2023. We have 1,700 vehicles in stock and incoming, so we can get you satisfied today or in the near future. We're very proud of our five-star team and all the clients that we've satisfied in 2022 and over the last 57 years with the Lopin McKings Mahalik Auto Group. We look forward to satisfying you soon, too, in all departments. New and used vehicle sales, service, parts, maintenance, recalls, body shop, collision center, and a whole lot more. We're proud of all the community work we do with various charities and community events throughout Polk County. And the Low Payment Kings are very proud to be part of the fastest growing county in the state of Florida. That's Polk County. When you have time, please like us on all our social media pages and check out lowpaymentkings.com where you can get pre-approved for your car, truck, van, or SUV, schedule a service appointment, look at our career opportunities at all of our stores, and even get pre-approved for your loan or lease. Again, visit lowpaymentkings.com. Call us toll-free soon and like us on all our social media. God bless you and your family and wish everyone the best of luck in 2023.
Thank you to Teresa Warner, director of IMAG Academy at Lake Region High School for being our guest today. Be sure to tune in every week to It's Happening in the Haven, available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. To learn more about Winter Haven and the Chamber, visit winterhavenchamber.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We hope you've learned a little bit about our community today and even more about the people who are shaping its future. After all, no true community exists without the people who form it. Winter Haven. Some call it a haven. We call it home.